on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Nobody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. Oh, Utica. You know what's happening out there on Saturday, right? Let's do a little uh, cross-promotion for the company. Our friends at K-Rock are putting on a huge free outdoor concert all day Saturday, downtown Utica, uh, starts at 1 o'clock, goes until 7, some terrific bands playing all day long right in the heart of downtown, right outside our palatial downtown Utica Studios at the Landmark Building. So if, you are, if you're into the K-Rock, if you're into the free music, if you're into a great time, and it's free, just head on downtown Utica, baby, for the, I believe they're calling it the K-Rock free-for-all. There you go. Shilling for the company, baby. You got to love it. So. Let's make it happen here. If you're listening in Utica, in Syracuse, or perhaps on the ESPN app, wherever you are, no matter what you're doing on a gorgeous summer day here in central New York or wherever you are, we appreciate that. You uh, have the great fortune in this technologically sound world we live in today to download the ESPN app, find the listen tab, and then listen to us Right there, right on the app, right on the tab, boom. You find ESPN Syracuse or Syracuse ESPN Utica Rome, and off you go into the world, and we can go with you. Please take us with you. We'd like to go places. Here's how you get in touch with the show, 437-7644. Brent Axe Media, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644. That's how you express your sporting opinions with us here today, and we would love to hear them. We're actually guest-free today. I've got a few uh, sound bites, as we like to say in the business, a few things we're going to splash throughout the program, but we are guest-free, so plenty of time to uh, fire some hot takes off it. That's hot. So please do. Speaking of hot takes, yes, it is the start of the PGA Championship, but golf's having a real bad day. <laughs> we'll explain why during hot takes I think they did this just because I came to practice this morning. Instead of the usual 10 minutes of stretching, there was 20 minutes that the media was allowed to watch today. We saw some real football. And, of course, in that extended viewing, I saw everything you could possibly need to know about the upcoming Syracuse football season. Not kidding. But I saw enough to discuss as camp rolls on. We'll get into that a little bit. 
There are new rules. I was not here yesterday, as you know, and I'm going to get into why I was not here yesterday momentarily. I told you it'd be worth it. Something that came out yesterday that I'd like to discuss with you today are, you know, now let's be careful not to give the NCAA too much credit here because they were shamed into doing this. And I always find it interesting when you are shamed into doing what you should have been doing a long time ago, and that's in a lot of walks of life, let alone sports. But they did make the changes. They are making an effort, so we'll give kind of a hearty half golf clap for the NCAA and the rule changes that they made, particularly concerning college basketball. We'll get into that later in the show. Why former Syracuse basketball walk-on Brandon Reese is living a much more interesting life than you. The top five things to watch in the National Football League preseason. Oh, I love all you snobs. I don't watch preseason football. I'm too good for that. People like Pauly Sebelia pretending they've got better things to do than watch preseason football because he's got to get just the right angle of a picture of him and his dog to put on Instagram, which he does every day. And it's always the same picture. Here's me and my dog lying on the couch again. So while you're doing that, you can have some preseason football on in the background. Now, I am here to tell you that preseason football can get a little monotonous. It can get a little ridiculous. It can be a little overhyped. But it's football! It's football on my TV! That's what it is! Give you the top five things uh, that we'll be uh, looking for in the NFL preseason, which starts with a gauntlet of games tonight. Uh, we've got Giants football for you immediately following this program at six o'clock. So stay tuned for that. But I do want to start with uh, something that is Syracuse basketball re- related right out of the gate here, and it is why I was not here yesterday. So I told you that I was going to be on assignment yesterday, and I was on assignment in lovely Glens Falls, New York. And I was on assignment with the great Mike Waters and Scott Trimble from Syracuse.com. We went out to Glens Falls yesterday to hang with Joseph Gerard III. Joseph Gerard III, as many of you know, is a top target for the Syracuse basketball team for the class of 2019. Joseph Gerard III is the all-time leading scorer in the history of New York State. He has already topped Lance Stevenson there. He averages 50 points a game. He already has, you know, topped most of the records set by Jimmer Fredette, which can we just take a step back here and look at the first part of my trip to Glens Falls yesterday with the great Mike Waters has already written some great stories about this. And we've got a video up on Syracuse.com that you should watch a couple more that we're working on that you will see in the coming days, including one with yours truly. And so we go there yesterday. And this was not widely publicized, so there's not a lot of people there. But even in just the limited amount of people that were allowed to be at this workout, and trust me, this wasn't like a luxurious thing. This was a hot, stuffy gym that I think I lost about five pounds just watching Jimmer Fredette and Joseph Gerard III shoot. But a lot of you listening know this, but just in case you don't, I, I really can't emphasize to you. How much Jimmer Fredette is royalty in the Glens Falls area? I mean, Jimmer Fredette, as you know, amazing basketball player out of the Glens Falls area, went to BYU, ended up in, he played professionally in the NBA for Sacramento, for the Knicks, for a couple of other teams. He's playing in China now professionally. 
He is one of the great shooters you've seen, you know, one of the, you know, the great white hopes we've seen in college basketball in the past few years. People love Jimmer, right? Well, take that and magnify it as much as you can think. And that's what Jimmer for debt means to people in Glens Falls. Joseph Gerard III, as I mentioned, has already beaten a lot of his records. One of which, Jimmer Fredette scored a total of 2,400 points, that or abouts, in his career. Joseph Gerard III has already topped him. He's at 3,000 points, and he's got a season to go. So to see the Jedi teach the Padawan, there's a great video of this, you can see it. I'm not telling tales out of school here. What you see in this video we have up on Syracuse.com is what we got, to, you know, what we were watching. Jimmer Fredette taking Joseph Gerard III through a workout. This is what an NBA workout is like. And he would kind of do a sidestep, drop back three, or, you know, go around the horn of the three-point line, different points of the three-point line. And he was taking Joe through an NBA workout. It was amazing to watch. And it was amazing to see even just the limited amount of people that were there that kind of realized what they were watching, the passing of the torch, the Jedi teaching the Padawan, as I said, and someone who's already Glens Falls royalty basketball-wise and someone who's, if not there, darn close to it in Joe Girard III. The biggest takeaway that I took from being there, not only meeting Joe's great family and his coaches and people that lived there and a terrific pizza place that he took us to, and that was great. But I was driving away from Glens Falls, and I didn't want, you know, you meet somebody and you kind of get enwrapped in it, and you're there for a few hours, and you want things to kind of settle down before you, you know, kind of have time to think about it. But I have had time to think about it. I, I have the same feeling now that I did driving away from there. And that feeling is, Syracuse has got to get this kid. Now, we've talked about recruiting at length, the wins and the losses that you've had, the players that come and go, how Syracuse always seemingly makes to make up for players that they just got to have, right? And we did this last year, and I discussed it, and we did the whole calm down thing and examples of players that have come along after they lost, and Jim Beheim called the show. We had a great discussion about this. So I don't want to make it seem like the program's going to fold up if they don't get them. And this is a team that next year is going to have I think, still, Jalen Carey on the roster, although he's a very talented player. Elijah Hughes, Howard Washington Jr., certainly Buddy Beheim, another player who can just flat-out shoot the rock. And it's one workout, and I'm not saying based on this one workout, I walked away saying, well, I've got to have him. It just kind of affirmed what I know. It affirmed what I had done research leading up to that point, what I had heard. I talked to a number of people about him, and then you see it. And seeing him side-by-side with Jimmer Fredette, it was incredible. I mean, Jimmer Fredette is, what, 29, I believe? Played professionally, one of the great players from that area, just as sound a player as you can get shooting the basketball. And I'm telling you, Joe Girard III, his shooting stroke, his work ethic, the way he went through this, his professionalism, just, I mean, this is a kid going into his senior year at high school. Certainly you would know who's the pro and who's the high school kid just based on, you know, physical appearance. But the technique, the shot, if you really honed in on the basketball aspects of it, there wasn't that big of a difference. And I don't want to overhype that because Joe Girard 
has to grow into his game. He's got to get older. He's got to mature. But for a player of that age to shoot the way he does, the, the technically sound follow-through that he has and the shot, and it was impressive. He is beyond his years there. And then you start, and again, you got to be careful because they know you're with the media and you're doing a feature story about someone, so they're going to just, you know, <laughs> no one's going to come up to be like, I got the real dirt on that kid. But that's the thing. There is no dirt. There's none of that. It's just he's that good. He's that respected. And I said, that's a player you want on your team. Now, Joe's got a very big decision to make. Mike Waters reported today. We talked to Joe about this when we were there yesterday, and lo and behold, he's going to take another visit. He said he wanted to take a few more official visits before he makes that decision. The big one that he has to make. He's already officially visited here. He has unofficially visited the other five schools that are in contention, those being Michigan, Duke, Boston College. So I bring up Boston College because Joe noting today that these official visits can come up quickly. He is going to take an official visit there. See, Joe's got a real tight window. Joe's in a very interesting situation for a couple of things. One is, despite really knowing that basketball is his future, he is a really good football player. This is a all-state football player, someone who has won a championship at the football level, who is the starting quarterback for the Glens Falls football team, is 24-1 and as a starting quarterback. He doesn't have the big offers in football that he does for hoops, but he's got offers. He is playing football. He's not giving up football for his senior year, knowing that basketball is his future and the best of the best are recruiting him. Football practice starts Monday, and he can't take the typical visits that you do in the fall that basketball players do because he's playing football. He's got a very tight schedule. The kid's been going from AAU games to so many other things right up until yesterday. He gets that window to work out with Jimmer Fredette, his mentor, his hero, somebody who has a huge standing in the Glens Falls area. I mean, it's been a whirlwind for this kid, and he just handles it like it's nothing. So it is one sample. It is one slice but my takeaway from everything I had heard and looked into going into yesterday, but now getting to kind of immerse myself in it even for a day is that's a player you want on your team. And I want to be very careful about going all in, got to do it on recruits because you just can't. The track record is there that Syracuse will find a way around it if they don't. But, boy, seeing it up close and talking to a number of people and really getting to taste it. I, I'm not a recruiting expert. I'm not somebody that you know, is on the level of a Mike McAllister or people that do this day in and day out. But getting to really experience it for a day, that's a special kid. That's a special player. And it's just, you know, the fact that Jerry and, and Joe and I talked about this a little bit yesterday. There's something about those shooters. You know, you got Jimmer Fredette his mentor, Jerry McNamara is his primary recruiter. There's something about those players in that world where, you know, you can shoot the three and that mentality of a shooter and the mechanics of it. And the fact that Syracuse has a guy like Jerry McNamara recruiting Joe, you need every advantage you can get in the recruiting game. There's just a kinship there. There's got to be an understanding between players that really know how to do that. And even as somebody going into his senior year, I just have to say, very impressed with him. More to come on that on, on Syracuse.com, and you know, you'll see some more stuff on that. But that's where I was yesterday. And I uh, driving home, 
down 87, up the throughway, the whole way back. Wanted to really kind of marinate on it a bit, but as I sit here 24 hours later, I had that opinion before, but now tasting it myself, that's a guy you got to get. I think that's a guy you got to get. And we're not even getting into the landing a primary New York State recruit, keeping somebody in the state that is one of the best players there, the Gatorade Player of the Year, the recruiting rankings aspect of it. And that's a whole different conversation. You just want that player because of the kind of player he is, the kind of kid he is, and what I think he could do here. Which he could do at any of those other programs I mentioned. Penn State is recruiting and, and Boston College and Duke. And I think he'd do well at any of these places, but that's a guy you want to get. On that note, we can certainly talk some more hoops. Hot takes to come. Certainly some SU football to come. We got a little extra time watching practice today. I didn't take anything away from that like I did the Joe Girard visit, but certainly some notable things being at practice today that I will share later, and so much more. What I want to get into next, though, is interesting notes about the future of the ACC. And while they're not pushing all their chips into the middle of the table on this, they're pushing enough chips into the middle of the table on this that I find it interesting in the year 2018. It is something I will not only talk about next, but we're going to have John Wildhack on the show Monday. And this will certainly be a topic of discussion with him. There's interesting news on the ACC network to get into, which I want to discuss coming up. You're on the block. ESPN Radio. It's a Thursday. Great to have you here. We're back after this. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Well, better late than never, I guess. The NCAA shouldn't have to have a FBI investigation shame you till you do something motivation to make these changes. But look, sometimes you don't change until you absolutely have to, right? It happens to me every morning. Like I'm about to walk out of the house and my wife just kind of gives me that, you're going to wear that look? And it's like, okay. So we all need that intervention in life sometimes. Right. For the NCAA, it was an embarrassing, you know, uh, hey, the FBI is investigating your sport because you can't do squat about it kind of thing. So, oh, wait, wait, we got to pass some rules and make it look like we're, you know, we're, we're, because look, as somebody smarter than I pointed out, if you take away the amateurism model, the NCAA is basically a party planner. Dana O'Neill wrote that on The Athletic, and I thought, that's brilliant. Think about it. Take away the amateurism model and how they oversee sports and investigate schools and what the NCAA, I guess, is supposed to be there to do. Take that away. They're a party planner. They schedule championships. That's what they do. They oversee and schedule championships. So the amateurism model, it's death by a thousand cuts. It's not quite crumbling to the point where I thought it would be. I thought the North Carolina botch and, you know, a number of things that the NCAA has just been embarrassed by in recent years would bring it down. I still think at some point the Power Five schools are going to figure this out and they're going to break away and they're going to say, we don't need you. And there's going to be just a big split. And I don't know when that day's coming. I, there's going to be like some big coup one day and we're all going to wake up and say, we're out of here. But as long as CBS wants to pay the NCAA in the bill, say it with me, John. You're a college basketball coach. Billion dollars, the coach. Then it's not going to happen. 
in the meantime, Jay Billis and FBI investigations and, you know, like I said, death by a thousand cuts here have to shame them into doing things like this, which they should have been doing all along, right? So among these significant changes, this is from ESPN.com, that were adopted by the NCAA's Board of Governors and Division I Board of Directors are allowing elite high school basketball recruits and college players to be represented by agents who are certified by the NCAA. Which, okay, I guess. You kind of have to cover yourself there. We're involved. Here's a policy. If you violate it, we can go back and say, well, that's the rule, right? But, look, agents are going to be around players no matter what. No matter what rules I read to you here, new or otherwise, someone will find the way around it. Someone will look at the last rule and say, okay, this is not a rule. Here's the way around the wall. That's just how it works. I think we know that. But the NCAA has to put on a front. They have to show us that we're doing what we can to monitor our sport, even though they may not have the resources to do all the things they want to do. I know they don't have the enforcement to oversee all of these sports at the Division One level. The NCAA's investigation panel, its enforcement panel, remember, Key thing to keep in mind anytime I have this conversation. The NCAA has become like the boogeyman. Because when we talk about the mighty NCAA, yes, it's an organization. It has a big building in Indianapolis. It has a president in Mark Emmert who gets paid big money to be the figurehead of it. But the NCAA is the schools. It is the collective of the schools, school presidents, and other high-ranking officials that set the policy here. The NCAA is the schools. It's not just this boogeyman we can point to and make the bad guy, except in certain cases. So the agent thing, look, it makes sense that these players should be guided by and have the opportunity to have an agent explore areas that they are not knowledgeable about, that the agent is. Now, agents can be the gum under your shoe. They can be slimy. Their intentions are to get clients. But that's kind of on the player to decide. That's the thing that kind of stinks about it in life. And it's not just college basketball. It's pretty much anybody you deal with. It's like, I've got to make a judgment about whether this person that I'm doing business with in this way has my best interests at heart. The NCAA can't regulate that. That's a people person thing. So the rule now will be pending. And look, the, The NBA has got to approve a lot of these things in the Players Association before they even go through the one-and-done rule being eliminated. And this is all kind of contingent on that happening, so keep that in mind. But recruits and players to be represented by agents who are certified by the NCAA. All right. Allowing eligible underclassmen to enter the NBA draft and return to school if undrafted. Like, you read that and you're like, why isn't that the case now? Why should it be that if you declare for the NBA certain eligibility standard and don't get picked, that the message is, too bad, kid, you cannot continue in school? That, to me, is just common sense. That if you're going to put out the message that you are about the student-athlete and enhancing the life of the student-athlete and being here to provide them opportunities, oh, but if You didn't get picked and you signed with an agent, then I'm sorry, you can no longer play here. That never made sense to me. 
There's other things here, uh, allowing eligible underclassmen to enter the draft and return to school, as we mentioned. Uh, more rigorous certification requirements for summer amateur basketball events. Okay, but again, who's going to monitor this stuff? There are AAU tournaments and all sorts of things throughout the summer. You Is like somebody with an NCAA, you know, golf shirt going to be at every one of these things? Like who monitors that? Certification requirements, okay, but again, if you're not at a certified tournament, NCAA-wise, you'll go somewhere else and play where people will see you. But maybe that'll help. And then there's more things like imposing longer postseason bans, suspensions, and increased recruiting restrictions for coaches who break rules. Which, again, who is enforcing that? The FBI? When they have to step in, which, by the way, they don't want to do. The FBI steps in when there's you know money laundering and actual laws being broken. NCAA rules, it's not their job to investigate that, nor should it be. Mark Emmert, the president of the NCAA, saying, quote, these changes will promote integrity in the game, strengthen accountability, and prioritize the interest of student-athletes over every other factor. Quote, we remain committed to promoting fairness in college sports and creating an environment that will champion the success of student-athletes. Do you? Because if you really want to be fair, then you will give them a fair opportunity to profit off their likeness in some way. I'm not just saying hand them a free check because we feel they made X amount of dollars for this school, but certified, monitored ways to let them profit off their likeness. Sponsorships, T-shirt sales, ways that the school or individually, and this can be a marketing lesson. There are kids in college in so many walks of life that do this every day. Yet when it comes to sports, we cannot do that. What are you talking about? There are plenty of kids in college that market themselves, learn about their job, work in that field while they're getting their degree. And some of them get paid for it. But when it comes to sports, it's, oh, no, we can't do that. No, we, we kind of can. We can figure this out. So when Mark Emmert says that, like maybe we're creeping closer to that, and again, they were shamed into doing this anyway, let's not give too much credit to the NCAA for doing something. That's why this this looks good, and they're puffing out there, look what we did. Well, the reason this is notable is you did something. Your reputation is you didn't do anything, and you had system, and look, everybody, nobody's perfect. There's policies and laws that kind of loop, loopholes are exposed all the time, but the North Carolina thing is the prime example of this. They couldn't touch North Carolina for the most part because of how layered that was, and it went beyond athletics, and it was kind of like, you know, the, the shoulder shrug emoji. Eh, sorry, nothing we can do about that. There's nothing in our laws about that. Then what are you here for, right? So, look. Slim, partial, somewhat credit where it's due. But you were shamed into it. And you were shamed into it because, you know, when, and we're all, can you believe it's been a year since this all came out? It was in September of last year. FBI, Rick Patino, college basketball is going to fall in on itself. And I think we all kind of said, well, that's not going to happen, but this isn't good. 
And it's been quiet on that front since. Like, these things go 100 miles per hour, then they hit the brakes, and they crawl along at 20 and a 35 until something else happens. Like, Rick, I think Rick Pitino wrote a book, right? We're going to hear details about that, so then it'll ramp up again. And But again, as long as CBS is cutting that check, billion dollars, all of this kind of doesn't matter. On that note, we will break. Football. Yes, it's preseason football, but it's football. What are the top five things we'll be looking for? Preseason football. We'll cue up the fancy voice guy. Do it next. Stay right there. Thank you. Bye-bye.